What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Raise the Apple. It was a wild trade deadline on Thursday. We're going to talk about all of it today, or as much as we can. If you look, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have a whiteboard here. I tried writing down as many of the trades as I could. Obviously, I missed some that happened after the deadline. Obviously, I missed some that may have just I just may have missed. There was so much going on. It was definitely one of the craziest deadlines I have, at least that I've ever seen. I don't know how everyone else feels at home, but it was definitely one of the most crazy deadlines ever. Before we get into it, though, there are a, just a little bit of news going on around the league that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to talk about the trades for a while. First of all, the Mets debuted the black jerseys on Friday. They looked amazing. They did lose that night. However, Cookie made his debut and then the Mets debuted the black jerseys. All that was amazing. It was good to see Cookie back. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now they won last night with a walk-off thanks to Brandon Jury. And now Stroh's on the mound today. And they're going for the series win against the Reds. Also going on around the league, we talked about last episode about Yermin Mercedes. Who apparently like made an Instagram post and saying he was retiring and apparently he's not retiring. He was back the next night in Charlotte's line, who's a triple A affiliate for the White Sox was back in their lineup and homered in that game, which that whole thing is very weird. I'm bet there, I'm willing to bet there's more information that's going to come out about that. But that whole thing was just very odd to me. The other bit of news is Trevor Bauer he is due in court August 2nd, 3rd, and 19th for his sexual assault allegations against him. It based, Major League Baseball extended his administrative leave until another week last week, so August 6th is where he stands right now. I'm curious as to why he hasn't been suspended yet, only because... At this point, I feel like a suspension should have or already have been given out, but there must be something else going on that is the reason they're not issuing a suspension yet. So we'll have to see at the end of the week how, how all that plays out. But we have a lot of trades to talk about. As you could see from, if you're watching on YouTube, if you saw the whiteboard earlier, there's a lot on here. So I'm just going to try and run down the list give a quick synopsis if I can of each one and again I'm sure I missed some trades it would have been near oh it would have been so hard to pop to cover every single trade that happened on Friday but we're going to start with actually we're going to do best for last and the trades the Mets made we already know about Rich Hill but they made another big trade on Friday that we're going to talk about last because why not best for last so first of all, let me just actually, I'm going to make this easier on myself. Because again, if you saw the whiteboard, how crazy this looks right now, I'm just going to cross off as I go so I don't confuse myself. We talked about Rich Hill already. We've talked about Nelson Cruz to the Rays and Adam Frazier is going to the Padres. Those were the trades that kind of set up Thursday and Friday. Thursday was just nuts, and or Thursday late in the day was nuts and then all day Friday was just unbelievable it was capped off on Thursday with Kendall Graveman of the Seattle Mariners getting traded to the Houston Astros Kendall Graveman has arguably been the best bullpen arm in baseball this year ERA under one and 
it it's a real head scratcher of a trade because you have Kendall Graveman who is the best closer in baseball right now. You haven't you if you're the Mariners, you are at the time of the trade were six games out of the division. You were a game back of a wild card spot, trailing the Oakland A's, and you traded your best bullpen arm, the best bullpen arm right now in baseball to the Houston Astros, who are a division rival, a team you are trying to chase down. Make that make sense as to why the Mariners would do that trade. They did. They must have thought very highly of the return they got, but Mariners fans were not happy. Mariners players were not happy. They were saying that a lot of explanations need to be made for that. They were saying that chairs were apparently chairs were thrown. Uh... It was a disaster in the Mariners. Like, how could you trade this guy? How could you say you're serious about winning and then trade him? Mariners players were not happy. The Mariners are going to... I don't know how you could justify that trade. I don't know if they have already or what the case is with that, but that was a... That was just a nuts trade, in my opinion. I don't understand why the Mariners would do that, especially when they're right there in the playoff race. You not only do you trade your best bullpen arm, you trade him to your division rival, the team you are trying to chase down that you are have plenty of time in the season still to chase them down. So I don't understand this trade at all. Maybe someone who's an Astros fan or a Mariners fan can maybe explain the reasoning behind it, but if I were a Mariners fan, I would not not be happy with this trade. Staying in the AL West, the A's made some moves. They added Andrew Chafin from the Cubs and Starling Marte from the Marlins. They gave up Jesus Lazardo, one of their up-and-coming superstar pitchers for Starling Marte. Overall, the A's like to they don't like to make big moves, one or two big moves. They like to make a bunch of little moves, which is what I think this was. Marte's a great rental bat to put in that lineup. Chafin has been a great in the Cubs bullpen this year. I think that is a huge addition to that bullpen. The A the don't count out the Mariners, but I think it's a between the A's and Astros for the AL West title. And the A's did good work at the deadline to try and continue to chase down Houston. But like I said, Luzardo's going to Miami in that deal. Jesus Lazardo adding him into that Marlins rotation. It's a very young Marlins rotation. So you that is in the next, I want to say, two to three years, that Marlins rotation is going to be nuts. You have Sandy Alcantara. Now you add Jesus Lazardo, Rogers. You add Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez. That rotation is going to be awesome once they get a little bit more experience underneath their belt. The Cincinnati Reds, who the Mets are playing this weekend, made some bullpen help. They got Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson, both former Mets, from the Yankees, and they also got Michael Givens from the Rockies. If you remember, Justin Wilson was with the Mets for a little bit. He was great in the bullpen. Luis Sessa, if those of you who, for those of you to remember, he one gave up the walk-off last night, but also Luis Sessa was part of the trade that brought Ioannis Cespedes to the Mets back in 2015. Luis Sessa and Michael Fulmer went to the Tigers. Ioannis Cespedes came to the Mets. Sessa would then go to the Yankees eventually, and now he's with the Cincinnati Reds. The Milwaukee Brewers making some moves. 
They got Daniel Norris from the Tigers. They also got Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks. Overall, the Brewers are within, I think, like a game or two of the best record in baseball. I said the Brewers were a sleeper team. Not People weren't giving the Brewers enough credit in the Central. And look at where they are now. They're 20 games over, or around 20 games over 500 off the top of my head. The Brewers have been great all year, and that's with Yelich being on and off the injured list all year. This team, the Brewers are going to be a threat in October. Are they going to be a threat to the Dodgers and Giants? That remains to be seen, but I really like this Brewers team. They're just like the Mets. They're taking advantage of their div- some of the teams in their division severely underperforming. Those teams being the Cardinals, uh, the Reds not so much, but the Cardinals... I think people were expecting a little bit more than what they got from the Cubs. So they're taking very well taking advantage of having a underperforming division, if you will. Then the next big trade, there was so much, there's so many trades that happen. Where should we go to next? Uh, Diego Castillo is going from the Rays to the Mariners. The Mariners trade their closer, get another closer. If they could have kept Graveman and then maybe added Diego Castillo into that bullpen as maybe a setup guy or a platoon closer role or something like that, then that would have been a much better move in my opinion. But again, I'm no expert on being a GM. I'm just a fan like the rest of you guys. So there might be something more to it than than we know, than we realize. There were two other little trades I want to talk, or smaller trades, before we get into the big-name guys that got on, that went on the move. First of all, Kyle Schwarber is going to the Red Sox, and Daniel Hudson is going to the Padres. Daniel Hudson, if you guys remember, was the uh, closed out the World Series for the Nationals in 2019. Kyle Schwarber, we all are familiar with him as Mets fans. The Nationals went complete sell mode, same with the Cubs, which we'll talk about them in a little bit, uh, a little bit more later. They went complete sell mode. The Padres adding Hudson was a great bullpen get to complement Melanson at the end of games. The Red Sox getting Kyle Schwarber was a great left-handed bat to add into that lineup, adding more power to it when he comes back from injury. The Red Sox are trying to hold off the Rays and win the AL East and shock everybody. Same with the Giants out in the West. So adding Schwarber, they also added Hansel Robles, former Met. So the Red Sox had a nice deadline, did a couple nice little tweaks. They're very confident in the group they have. The New York Yankees, I'm kind of going through this quick because I want to make sure I hit as much as I can. The New York Yankees made uh, two big moves. First of all, they acquired Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, which we'll talk about in a sec. They also got Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers. We knew Gallo was going to get moved. We knew the Yankees were the favorite to land him. Now you're looking at potentially a Yankee outfield of Judge, Stanton, and Joey Gallo. That is a lot of big guys, a lot of long homers. That is, from a baseball fan perspective, that is fun to watch. But Joey Gallo is a three-true outcome hitter, home run, strikeout, walk. So overall, it was a great get for... The Yankees, uh, it was tough to see him go from Texas. I wanted him to be kind of the guy in Texas that they built around. But, you know, sometimes the business part of the game takes over. And then they also acquired Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, 
which was a huge shock to everyone as to why the uh, Yankees got Rizzo with Luke Voigt being on and off the injured list all year. Trading for Rizzo, you get a left-handed veteran bat in the lineup. And now Luke Voigt, they were shopping, so Luke Voigt may go to a DH role. Rizzo's homer twice already in his two games with the Yankees. So overall, not a bad deadline for the Yankees, but what this tells me is getting Gallo, getting Rizzo, fine-tuning for a push. They did get uh, Andrew Heaney as well from the Angels, so they added a, added a starter. The Yankees, to me, are in a spot where they need to go for it. We, we Either this year or next year, they need to go for it all or completely blow it up. They either need to go all in and say, we're going for it, and if it doesn't work, all right, time to blow things up. Try and start from scratch. The Yankees aren't historically a team that has done that, so I don't think they will blow it up, but the Yankees are in a tough spot with Red Sox. The Red Sox being ahead of schedule, and the Rays are always going to be there. The Blue Jays are young and up and coming and going to be a problem from years to come, and it won't be long before the Orioles are in it too. So, or a couple years away, and the Orioles will be battling for playoff spots too. So the Yankees are definitely in a tough spot right now. I like the additions of Gallo and Rizzo. Rizzo confused me a little bit, but overall, not a terrible deadline for the Yankees. They had to keep up. The Red Sox made a couple moves. The Rays made moves. The Blue Jays got an ace, which we'll talk about next. So it, they had to do something. They added a starter. They added two offensive power bats. Both are left-handed, which will be very favorable to the short porch and right field at Yankee Stadium. So we're going to have to just wait and see and see how that goes with the Yankees. That division's going to be a lot more exciting now down the final stretch of the year. Staying in the division, the Blue Jays added Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins. They get their guy, they get their ace to go behind Ryu. A much-needed addition. They also got Brad Hand from the Nationals, so a nice deadline for the Blue Jays. They did give up Simone Wood Richardson, who Mets fans remember. He was part of the Marcus Stroman trade. And then he, now he's currently playing for Team USA in the Olympics. They also got another top prospect. They got a, The Twins got a haul for Barrios. But it's what the Blue Jays needed. They see themselves in a win-now mind. And this is our window, and they're going for it. I love it. I think Barrios will be a great fit in Toronto. I wanted Barrios on the Mets. I've talked about it before. However, when it came out what the asking price was, for Barrios from the Mets. I'm glad the Mets didn't make that move. The Mets, first of all, one option was they wanted more of Barrios' contract taken up. Also, the the Twins wanted Dom Smith and Ronnie Mercusio for Jose Barrios. And if I'm the Mets, I'm not trading away Dom. I'm not trading away Mercusio. That was a great decision to not go not make that trade. So overall, I'm happy the Mets didn't end up with him knowing what the asking price was. But the Blue Jays getting him was, excuse me, a huge get for Toronto. A huge get for Toronto. Next up, where do we go to now? Perhaps the two biggest trades. So besides the Mets trades, which we talked about last. Uh, first of all, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner are going to the freaking Los Angeles Dodgers along with Danny Duffy from the Royals. 
someone needs to tell Andrew Friedman to calm down. And they go out and get Scherzer to add to that rotation. They add Turner in there, so your middle of the infield is going to be Seager and Turner. They got a bunch of prospects in return. I was personally expecting Gavin Lux to be part of the return to the Nationals, but the Dodgers were able to give up some prospects instead. Now, the three-headed monster of the Dodgers rotation is Kershaw, Bueller, and Scherzer. And depending on how the stuff goes with Bauer, you add Bauer into there. And then you maybe David, if David Price comes out of the bullpen and goes into the rotation, you have a lot of hardware, a lot of Cy Youngs in that rotation. The Dodgers are just not even fair at this point what that team, how talented that team is. They're going for it all, obviously. They're going to try and chase down the Giants. But the Giants made a move that I wasn't expecting, and they made it at the buzzer. Just in the nick of time, Chris Bryant is going to the San Francisco Giants. I was expecting Bryant to the Mets. I was expecting Bryant to somewhere else, not San Fran. Then San Fran kind of was it was a need for them. I was I was like okay, San Fran, and San Fran made it happen. They acquired Chris Bryant from the Cubs. In exchange for two prospects, they were able to get Bryant without giving up Joey Bart, who is their top catching prospect, who is going to probably take the reins of catching once Buster Posey decides to call it a career. He's going to be their next Posey. So adding Bryant into that already stacked lineup, the Giants made a much-needed move, especially with the Dodgers getting Scherzer and Trey Turner. The Padres getting some bullpen help. It was a wild last like two hours of the deadline. Now we go into, I I can't believe the Giants ended up with Bryant. I think that was a great move. The Cubs fans and Nationals fans I feel terrible for because they just watched their entire rosters get completely blown up. They're playing this weekend. What are you going to watch? There's Everyone's gone. Turner's gone. Uh, Baez, uh, Bryant, Rizzo are gone. Chafin's gone. Uh, who else? It's on the Nats. You got Schwarber's gone. Hudson's gone. Scherzer Turner are gone. <sighs> I feel for Cubs and Nats fans. It was probably a horrible weekend for both of them. Now, NL East is where we wrap up all the craziness that happened. The Phillies got... Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy from the Texas Rangers. They get a starter. They get a bullpen arm. They get a great starter and a great bullpen arm from the Rangers. The Braves added Eddie Rosario and, oh, man, who was the other one? Why can't I remember who the other bat was they added? They added two outfield bats. I'm sure it'll come to me in just a sec. The Braves and Phillies made moves before the Mets did anything. So you saw the Braves and Phillies make the moves. Now you're thinking, hmm, what are the Mets going to do to counter that? Because the Mets can't sit there and do nothing with the Braves and Phillies making a bunch of moves. The the Braves also added Rodriguez from the Pirates into their bullpen, who's probably going to do a setup job for Will Smith at the end of games. And then the Mets were, then Mets fans, including myself, were sitting there wondering, okay, watching the Braves and Phillies make these moves, 
What are the Mets going to do? Are the Mets going to do anything? They finally made a move. The Mets acquired Javi Baez and Trevor Williams from the Cubs in exchange for Pete Crow Armstrong. That was the final trade. Javi Baez, we all know Javi. Trevor Williams, who has the potential to be a solid, reliable back-of-the-rotation guy for the Mets. They're coming to New York. Trevor Williams is down with AAA Syracuse to start. Javi, we saw last night with the two-run homer in his first game as a Met. Giving up Pete Crow Armstrong was necessary. Giving up a top prospect for Javi was necessary. The fact that the Mets were able to get Javi and Trevor Williams and cash considerations and it only cost them Pete Crow Armstrong, that was a great trade. It was much needed. To get, to give, to get you need to give. Pete Crow Armstrong is the number five prospect in the Mets system. He is an outfielder, very highly thought of. He's out for the year currently because of shoulder issues. He wasn't going to be on the Mets for at least three to four years, in my opinion. At least the next three to four years, he wouldn't be up. So that'll be a great guy for the Cubs up and coming. This was a great trade for the Mets. I kind of, Like I mentioned before, I kind of wanted Bryant more, but... I'm glad that we got Javi because the price that Bryant probably would have caused. Bryant, when what the Cubs got for Bryant, probably Mercusio or and or Pete Crow Armstrong or Mark Vientos may have been going back to Chicago. So I'm glad that the Mets were able to get Javi without giving up a boatload of prospects. Now the NL East is going to be a three-horse race between the Philly, the Phillies, Braves, and Mets. The Mets' lead is now, I think, four games, maybe four and a half. This division is going to be so much fun to watch down the stretch. All three teams that are in it made moves to better their team. The Mets now have a complete rotation. You're looking at Stroman, Taiwan Walker. You Now you also have Tyler McGill. You added Rich Hill at the deadline. And then who am I missing? Jake, when he comes back, but right now, or Cookie, how did I, how could I forget Cookie? So now you have a complete five-man rotation. You're not relying on any more bullpen games anymore. You have Jake and Syndergaard waiting in the wings coming late August, early September probably for both of them to come back. Then you also are in first place right now, and you go into the final stretch of the year waiting on your two best pitchers to come back. They are in a great spot right now. This deadline was just absolutely wild. There was so much that happened, so much going on. I'm happy with what the Mets did. I'm happy with what happened across baseball. It was great to see moves being made. The only two things that disappointed me about the deadline was, one, Trevor Story was not moved. I don't know what the Rockies front office staff is doing. I don't know how you don't trade away Trevor Story and maximize his value. And then the Padres. The Padres were very close to getting Max Scherzer. Obviously, things fell through. I was a little disappointed in what the Padres did. They did get some bullpen help, which was great, but I was expecting them to make a little bit more of a splash than they did. It was a little disappointing in their deadline, but overall, they got to be happy with, with what they got. But that's going to... We had so much going on today, so much to talk about. That's going to wrap it up. We had a trade deadline recap. Mets get... Javi and Trevor Williams. They also have added Rich Hill. Overall, a great deadline for the Mets. A great deadline for baseball. And hopefully they can get the series win today against the Reds. Make sure you subscribe down below if you're listening on YouTube. 
or on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Twitter, RT underscore pod. And we will see you guys this week for more Mets coverage. Let's go Mets. 